just a quick poll, quick poll. How many people, how many people, just with your show of hands, how many people like to play a fun little game of how far can I drive this car while the gas light is on? How many people like to play that game? How many people are married to somebody that likes to play that game and it stresses you out? Stresses you out. The, the, you know, the light comes on and for you it's game on, boys and girls. How far can we, we push this? And sometimes you think, I saw gas for two cents cheaper the other day and I'm not going to pay two more cents for this gallon. Some of you, and I think people like that get married to people that are really conservative and if it gets to like a half a tank, then you're like, I've really got to get to the gas station and those people meet and fall in love and it's fun for the rest of us to watch. And some of you are this morning, you pulled in. The gas tank is a little little low. You're trying to decide, can we get back home with the gas that we have? Do we need to stop at the gas station? Some of you, the answer is yes, because I'm not coming to pick you up later. The same is true, the same is true with joy. Today's theme is, is joy. And what happens, just like a car, is that we fill up and then life happens. And nothing necessarily catastrophic even, just annoyances here and little problems here and little pokes here and some family drama over there and some marriage drama here and some trouble with the kids and just just life just life and life can drain your joy and for some of you that's what you've come experiencing today is that this year has maybe been challenging maybe this season is is challenging and and you're coming in and love the Christmas decorations and the lights and all those things but you're just if you're honest when you're kind of alone by yourself I'm just I'm running pretty low on joy I'm just kind of trying to to make it through and so if that is you or maybe you're watching online this morning you could not have picked a perfect more perfect week to be here because that's what we're gonna talk about today how how can we have joy the promise that Christians have is that joy is a gift that God wants to give us. Now, if you're with us this morning and you're not sure about the whole faith thing, if you're not sure about Jesus and what that looks like, again, perfect week to be here because I want to give you an inside look on what are some things that have been open and given to, to Christians. And if you are a Christian, this is great news for you, that there might be something that's available to you that you maybe haven't tapped into yet. That happiness is what we experience when good things happen to us, when, when things are up, I'm up, when I get all the things that I wanted to have happen, when they happen, then I'm, then I'm up. But when things are a little bit challenging, then I'm down, and we just ride that wave, and everybody does. Everybody rides the wave of good things, I'm happy, bad things, I'm not so happy, and that's an emotion of, of happiness. What we want to introduce to you this morning, maybe for some of you the first time, is more than just an emotion, but a, a constant state of joy. That I can have sorrow on the outside and frustration and stress on the outside, but on the inside, I have joy. The, the definition that we're going to use for joy today comes from an author named Kay Warren, and she says that joy is the settled assurance. It's bigger than an emotion. It's the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life. And that's what I want to try to introduce to you today, 
is that you can have during Christmas, during the dog days of summer, and anywhere in between, even on difficult, challenging days and season, it is possible for you to be full of joy even when life wants to poke holes in it. That on your worst day, you can have joy. That on your best day, you can be happy and joyful at the same time. And some of us, we, if we're honest, we need that. We need what Nehemiah said in Nehemiah 8, that the joy of the Lord is your strength. And that's what I want to give to you this morning, is that it's possible for you to get filled up. And I cannot fix anything that's going on on the outside. I can't make things better necessarily on the outside, but what would it look like if all of us chose to dive into what God has for us, that on the inside, I can be joyful. And so what I want to try to do this morning is give you five things that joy comes from. Five things that joy comes from, and these are regardless of your circumstance. These are regardless of the outside. These are internal, and the first one is the most important. If you don't get this one, none of the other ones matter, but joy comes, number one, from the presence of God. Joy comes from the presence of God. It's not this, again, it's not this forced emotion. Joy is a result of spending time with Jesus. Paul, the apostle, as he was writing his letter to the Galatians, very, very famous, he talked about the fruit of the Spirit. And he said in Galatians chapter 5, the fruit of the Spirit, and he lists them. He says, well, there's love, and here's our one today, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. And we look at that list and we think, man, I, I'm, I don't have all of those. And so what Paul promised and what Jesus promised is that we can have today specifically joy, not something that I create in and of myself, but something that I glean from just being with Jesus. And with all due respect to the cup makers and sweater makers and frame makers, and if you have one of these in your house, I'm not saying you should take it down, but you've seen the mug that says, just choose joy. Choose joy. Again, all due respect, you can't choose joy. Joy is a result. You choose Jesus, and as I choose Jesus, joy is a result of Jesus. I choose to spend time connected to him. Jesus would say that I am the vine, you are the branches, that whoever abides in me, you're going to bear much fruit. Here's the fruit, and that fruit is going to remain, but apart from me, you can't do anything. And so joy is a result of choosing. I want to be with Jesus, that I let the priority of my life be. I want to be rooted down into Jesus. I want to be connected to him, not just on Sundays from 10:15 to 11:15, or not just during the Christmas season when we have the mangers, but I want to be connected to him because without that connection, I can't have joy. I can have happiness, but sometimes that's going to come and sometimes that's going to go. But I can have joy as I'm connected to the vine. And so if I can prioritize the root of my life, that fruit is going to be evident. That if you look at your life and you say, you know what, man, that the fruit of the Spirit and the love and the joy, those are lacking in my life. Here's what you do. Don't go on a search for love and joy. Go on a search for Jesus. Go on a search for I need to get connected to him. If I want different fruit in my life, I need to change what my life is rooted into. The Apostle Paul, he was in prison, and he writes it this way, everything else, so the house that I want and the car that I want and all of those things that I chase, 
thinking those are going to fill me up. He says, well, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of not just knowing about Christ, but knowing him, being in relationship with him, connecting with him, being uh, uh, rooted in his life. The knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord, for his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it as garbage, so that I could gain Christ. In other words, what Paul is saying is joy is not out there somewhere. No, instead joy is it's in Christ, that I find joy as I find myself in Christ. It's not getting something else. We, we trick ourselves in society and marketing says, if you just would get this, your life would be better. If your car was nicer, if you had a better marriage, if you drove a nicer uh, RV during the summer, if you had, 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 and we think, man, we've all fallen in the trap, right? We've all fallen. I've got to chase that thing. If I could, then I would. Paul says it's all worthless compared to, I know Jesus, and Paul was beaten and shipwrecked, and he wrote that from prison, and yet he says, I can be full of joy because I know someone. My joy is made complete in, not things, but in a person. Joy is connected to Jesus, and here's the good news, is that Jesus never changes. Jesus is the constant. And so joy comes from knowing Jesus and following his presence and getting into his presence. And here's the second one. Joy comes from following God. Not just knowing about, but following. When you were a child or a teenager, some of you are children and, and teenagers, you're thinking this right now. All of us do. We can't help it. We think to ourselves, man, when I finally can get out of this house, I'm going to be so happy because I'm gonna be able to do whatever I want, and there's not gonna be any rules, and I am going to be the boss of me, and we think that freedom from rules is that's the thing that's gonna make me happy. Every teenager does it, every child does it. Some of you are in that moment right now. And then we discover as we get into adulthood, well, sometimes the things that were keeping me safe and keeping me out of trouble were actually the things that kind of constrained me. The things that put some gates around my life were actually the things that kept me away from some things. And some of us, let's be honest, we've learned it the hard way. The problem is, is that can kind of slip into and sneak into our relationship with God. Happiness comes from no one telling me what to do, and that includes God. I don't want God telling me how to do this and how to live my life. And, and I, I don't want to be led. I, I want to be the boss of me. But here's good news. We've talked about this before. Is that every single one of God's commands is for your and my benefit. It's not for God's. That everything that God says, do this, don't do that. Everything that God says, stay away from this and lean into this. It's not so that he just gets us to jump through hoops. It's for your benefit. It's for my benefit. It's so that we can be kept and protected and held back from some consequences. And so joy comes from I'm going to choose to follow into what God has called me to follow into. Psalms chapter 19, I've got three verses. We're just gonna run through them here really fast. The precepts or the laws would be another word for it. Of the Lord are right. They give joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. Psalm 112 says, praise the Lord. How joyful are those who fear the Lord. Not fear like, is he gonna get me? But fear is in, you know more than me. You can see further than me, and so I'm going to follow you and delight in obeying his commands. Psalm 119, verse 11, your statutes or your, your commands 
are my heritage forever. They are the joy of my heart. When we're not following God, there is this break in the relationship. David, when he got caught into sin and there was Bathsheba and adultery and he murdered the guy and it was a whole mess. Psalm 51, I think it is, says, restore to me the joy of my salvation. That sin broke something. That my sin breaks that relationship with God and the way to restore that joy is I need, I need to get back in line with what God has called me to do. That my sin broke that relationship and a broken relationship with the Father means that I'm missing out on the joy that the Father wants me to have. And so we're, some of us, maybe we're in this space now where there's that little voice inside of you that's saying, hey, you shouldn't be in there. That's not the right thing for you. God's got something better. You're going the wrong direction. And we're fighting against it like that teenager fights against his parents. No, I want this. No, this feels right. No, this seems so good. And we tamp down that. I'm just telling you, it'll sap your joy because we're not following where God wants us to go. That guilt is a joy killer. That guilt and trying to ignore the Spirit's leading, it will rob the joy that God has available for you. So joy comes from knowing, connecting, being in relationship with God. It also comes from following God. And here's the, the third one if you're taking notes. Joy comes from knowing God has a plan for my life. Is that joy is sustained on even those bad days. And we've all had those. Maybe you're in a bad day today. Maybe this week has been a bad week, or this month has been a bad week, or this year has been kind of a, a bad year. Joy is able to be sustained because I know that even on the bad days, that doesn't derail what God has planned for my life. That if I know who I am, and if I know what God has called me to do, and if I know that God is working in my life, I don't get sidetracked by all the other things that try to throw me off track. That Christians and people of faith say, I know that God's purpose is going to prevail even in the middle of this. That I'm not going to be defined by what happened. I'm not going to be defined by what happened to me or what they did to me or what I'm going through or this wasn't fair or I shouldn't have had to go through this. I'm going to be defined by God has a plan for my life. And this thing that surprised me was not a surprise to God. And this thing that took me uh, by surprise was not something that took God by surprise. And so I'm going to just stay connected to God. I'm going to let God's joy be evident in my life because this thing that I wouldn't want or this thing that I, I wouldn't have asked for, it's not in control of my life. God is. And God has a plan. That, that there's nothing that God is confused about. There's no moment of our life that God is up there scratching his head and he thinks, what are we going to do about this? This took me totally by surprise. That's, that's not an emotion God has had. There's lots of things that take me by surprise. There's lots of things that you didn't expect to happen this year. But I don't have to be defined by that. I don't have to be, let my joy be controlled by that. My joy is based on, well, God has a plan for my life. That joy is possible I'm connected, I'm following, and I know that even on the hard days, God is still in control, even when I kind of feel, if I'm honest, I feel a little bit out of control. This is how Jesus lived. Jesus went through his worst day because he knew this was God's plan. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, that's what we do. He is the pioneer and the perfecter of faith. Here's our word, 
for the joy set before him, he, he endured. That he knew, here's why I'm on earth. I'm on earth to seek and to save the lost, and in order for me to do what God has called me to do, I've got to go through this hard season right now, but the joy set before him, there's something on the other side I was able to do endure, and that's what I want for you. I want you to be able to endure because I know God's got a plan. I'm gonna be able to endure because I know that God isn't finished with this yet. I'm gonna be able to endure just like Jesus because I've got my eyes on something bigger than just this moment. Jesus was able to go through his worst day because on the other side of his worst day, this is why I came. This is why I'm here. He scorned his shame. Go back. He's uh, scorned and shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Remember, our, our, what, is, what is joy? Joy is... Right there, that slide for me, maybe? Yes, joy is the settled assurance, well, God's in control. Now, I, my happiness sometimes can come and go if I'm in control, but joy comes that God is in control of all the details of my life. I didn't like that, but God's still in control. I didn't wanna go through that, but God's still in control. That doesn't seem fair. God's still in control, and I know God still has a plan for my life. Two more, and then we're going to go home for the day. Joy comes from knowing, at the end of the day, God's going to work it out. God's going to work it out. That My story is still being written, is that God is working in ways that I can't see. That I can see this moment right here, right now, and from my perspective, this looks like the worst. But I can have joy because God's still at work. God's not done with this. God's not done with my story. And it looks like, from my perspective, it looks like God is nowhere to be found. It looks like, God, I've been praying and nothing has been coming and I've been asking and you haven't been answering. But I'm gonna trust you that you are working it out, that you are still writing the story. Romans 8, 28, and we, we know I just have that settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life. I know that in, look at this word, in all things, not the good things and the happy things and in the it's going exactly like I wanted it to go things, those things as well, but also the, I got a call and I can't believe this is happening and I'm, I've, I've gotten laid off or I don't have the money that I thought I was gonna get and the the budget didn't work out and I didn't get the bonus or I got this bad health report or my marriage still isn't working or I'm still single, we still can't get pregnant. We, all things, God is at work for, for your good, for your good. That God has want, God, did you know that God wants good for you more than you want good for you? is that God has a better plan for you than you have a plan for you. And so I can have joy. I'm not happy, but I can have joy because I know you must be doing something in this. You're gonna work this out. I don't know how it's gonna happen. I, I can't see the end from where I'm standing, but I have that settled assurance. God, you're in control of all the details of my life, and if I'm going through this, there must be something on the other side that you are going to do. You're going to work it out for the good of those who love him. And again, we've been called according to his purpose. There's a story, maybe you've, you've heard about this African king, and he had a best friend, and they just did all the things together, and 
the friend was with the king and they were hunting and it was the friend's job to, loan, uh, to load the king's gun. And so he loaded it and the king shot it and the guy had loaded it wrong somehow or another and it backfired and it blew the king's thumb off, if you can imagine. And the king was irate. And so he said to the, his friend, I'm sending you to jail. You're going into the dungeon. And the friend had this calling card, a thing that he always said. And he says, this is good. This is good. No matter what happened to the friend, this is good. And so he goes into the dungeon, the king sends him there, and the guy says, this is good. About a year later, the king is back out hunting, and he's captured by cannibals. And cannibals take him, and they get him all oiled up and sauced up, and the fire is going. And all of a sudden, these cannibals see that this guy is missing his thumb. The king's missing his thumb. And they're superstitious because they don't eat anything that's not whole and not perfect. And so they let the king go, and the king remembers, wait a minute. The reason that I lost my thumb is because my friend loaded the gun wrong. And, man, now I'm so grateful for it. And so he lets the friend out of the dungeon, and the guy goes, well, this is good. And the king says, how, how could you possibly say this is good? I've, I've left you in jail and in the dungeon for a year. And the guy says, well, if I would have been with you, I would have gotten cooked up because I've got all my thumbs. This is, this is good. It's just a perspective. It's just perspective. It's saying, I don't know how it's all going to work out. But some of you, right, you're, you're old enough. You've had enough life experience that you can look back on seasons of your life that you were so frustrated with God and so discouraged about life, and now, with the gift of time and with the gift of perspective, you've been able to see, oh, that's what God was doing. In the moment, you were, right? I mean, we've, I've been there. In the moment, you're shaking your fist at God. God, how dare you? How could you let this happen? I can't believe you would let me go through this. And now, I can see it. I see what you were doing. And so lastly, joy comes from maintaining a heart of gratitude. Maintaining a heart of gratitude, because here's what gratitude does. Gratitude shifts our perspective from just what's happening right here in the moment, right now, and all the things that aren't right about my life, and it shifts it to Here's where God has been faithful up to this point. This morning, I did this. It's crazy to imagine. Uh, I, you know, have just been wrestling with some thoughts, and I don't know if any of you are like this, that once I get a thought in my mind and some, some frustration and some struggle, it's just kind of all-encompassing in my brain. Like, I wake up, and I'm thinking about this, and just some decisions I've got to make, just some challenges and so I've just been thinking about it and thinking about it and wearing myself out just thinking about it. And so I, I woke up this morning and immediately my mind goes to just thinking about it. It's kind of stressing me out. And so I thought to myself, you know, Kyle, you are preaching this morning on joy and gratitude. What if, I know it's a crazy idea, what if you put it into practice? I said, okay, well, maybe I'll try. And so i just laying in my bed this morning, not really wanting to get out of bed, kind of feeling that stress start to pop up. And I just said, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start to just name off things that, that I'm grateful for. And so that's what I did for a few minutes. And do you know what happened to me? Not a doggone thing. Nothing. 
And I wish I could tell you this great story of this miraculous light that came from the window, and, and as I started to be grateful, everything got better and all, no, nothing. But here's what I did. I just planted some seeds of gratitude. And my trust is that seeds of gratitude will not today, because that's not how seeds work, will eventually reap a harvest of joy in my life. Now, do I wish that I would have been grateful and a light switch would have popped on and all my stress would have went away and all my answer, questions would have been answered? That would have been great, but that's not reality. You know that that's not how things work. But you reap what you sow. And so I've just decided in myself, Kyle, you need to start sowing some seeds of gratitude and trusting that that gratitude is gonna reap a harvest of joy in your life. That's what you can do as well. It's not a magic formula. It's not, hey, if you'll just do this and two plus two equals four and it's all gonna work out, and it's all gonna be great and we'll circle around the campfire and sing kumbaya. Yeah, that's not, that's not reality. Life is difficult and stressful and frustrating but you can choose gratitude in the middle because it, it shifts our perspective. Again, Paul, in prison, when he was writing this, he says, I thank God every time I remember you. He, he's in jail, chained to a Roman guard. Here in a little while, he's gonna go get beheaded. His life didn't get better. He chose gratitude. He chose to be thankful. I, every time I think, when I think about you, I'm, I'm grateful. What, what do you think about when you think about things? Is gratitude the first order of the day? Is thankfulness, I know you did it at Thanksgiving, but what about on December 17th when Amazon didn't show up and you're out of money but need to buy some presents still and you and your husband aren't getting along and the kids are going crazy because they're ready to be out of school and you're wanting them to stay in school. It's just all the, all the crazy, what, are you great, grateful? Where, where is your attitude? I thank God, this is Paul in prison, had been beaten, had been shipwrecked, had a terrible life. He's still grateful. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray, I pray with joy. I'm just telling you, there's a connection. And I'm waiting for it to be evident in my life right now. I'm in the middle of it. A connection between joy and gratitude. And yes, there is a lot wrong with the world. And there might be a lot wrong with your world. But when I get focused on those, when my mind starts to go there, my, anybody else, my joy just starts to leak out. I get stressed and I get short-tempered and I get hard to be around. I know it's hard to imagine, but it's true. But gratitude, there's just, there's just that, that connection. What, what if for all of us, what if we just, and again, I know you did it at Thanksgiving, but what if for just a week, what if we tried it? What if all of us made the commitment, when I wake up in the morning, looking dead in the eye of all the stressful things that are coming, and the in-laws are coming, and I've got to get the house picked up, and all of the chaos that comes with Christmas, what if we chose, I'm grateful. I'm, I'm going to lead into my day. I'm, I'm not ignoring the rest of my life. I'm not pretending that things are perfect and that all is good. It's not about putting your head in the sand and just closing, da da da, da. No, it's just... There's things outside that are true and are difficult and are something that I don't want to go through, and yet, here's some things that I'm grateful for. Here's some things that I can say thank you for. I, again, I can't choose joy. Sorry to the mug makers. You can't choose joy, 
But you can choose Jesus, and you can choose gratitude. What does joy come from? Well, joy comes from the presence of God. Joy comes from following God. Joy comes from knowing that God has planned for my life. Joy comes from knowing that God is going to work it out. And joy comes from maintaining, not just trying it once, but maintaining a heart of gratitude. The joy of the Lord, I want so much for it to be your strength. I, I need it to be my strength. And what would it look like if all of us just had the strength of God's joy as we finish out this year and, and start the next one? I just think things might be better than we could ever possibly imagine. Let me pray with you. Heavenly Father, I'm asking for your joy to be evident in people's lives. Well, I know that as we've come in this morning, there are some people that are going through some challenges and they got all sorts of things poking the joy out of their life. The holiday plans and people are coming and people are going and all, all of the extra that comes with Christmas and then just all of the extra that happens with our life. And some of us have come in this morning and we are running on the fumes of joy. We're, we're not sure where it is. And so Lord, I'm praying that the joy that comes from you and only you would strengthen us and uphold us. Lord, I'm praying that we would choose Jesus, that we would choose that our roots would grow down into you. And as our roots grow down into you, that the fruit of your joy would be evident in our life. Lord, for those that try to ignore your word and ignore what you want and kind of close us, ourselves off to where your spirit is leading and guiding, Lord, help us to be open to your calling us to change and your calling us to move in a different direction because we know that it's for our good. Lord, I'm praying for those that are in the season right now where it's just hard to see what you're doing. It's hard to see how you're working it out. It's hard to see how in the world is this all gonna end. Lord, I'm just praying for faith in us, faith that you do have a plan, faith that you're gonna work out, work it out. And Lord, help us to lead with gratitude. There's so much in our life that might be wrong, but there's so much in our life that's right. There's so many things that we can be thankful for. Would you help us to lead with that? And as we lead, with that, that joy would be the result. It's in your name that we pray.